Welcome back, Crazy Effing Mommy, episode 128. Happy New Year, first episode of 2023. I, we're on three seasons still. Three seasons, episode 120. I am the only podcast that does 50 episodes a season. It's insane. It's in, I should be on season 10 by now. Anywho, Happy New Year. How was your New Year? How did you celebrate? Did you do it old school, like when... The clock strikes midnight. You emptied out the cabinets and started banging around the pots and pans. And you know what's funny about that tradition? Everybody, all the Italians that I know, grew up doing that. On New Year's, they would bang the pots and pans. But most of those people were living in apartment buildings. (laughs) Was it like, were they living in the tenement so everybody was banging the pots and pans at New Year's? Or were you just, or did they just not give a shit and they were just, just upsetting all the neighbors? I actually think... Back in the day, everybody was a lot more celebratory for New Year's, right? Like people would have parties. Remember breakfast at Tiffany's? That's one of the best scenes, right? The party Audrey Hepburn throws in her walk-up, her brownstone walk-up. Remember Mag Wilder with the long black lacquered cigarette holder? She's ashing it. She sets somebody else's house on fire. That's the Manhattan I need to live in. That's all I'm saying. These days, people are like, or, and you know, if they weren't at parties back in the day, they would all gather around the, 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 the TV, right? And they would watch Dick's Rock and Eve. Now, now there's like kids on the iPad, nobody's talking, you know. I, 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 I don't know. I, I actually went to a party. I went to a party. I went to Soho House, and it was really nice. They had a New Year's Eve party. Here's the thing let, let, let's, let's, let's discuss for a second. Okay. We bought tickets to this party. I don't remember how much the tickets were. They were like they 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 weren't cheap. You know, they maybe they were like a couple hundred dollars each, right? I didn't buy them. What are you crazy? So we bought the tickets. And on the description of the party it says, Oh, rat pack celebration, listen to music, you know, for, uh, from the rat pack era. Uh, New Year's Eve feast, music, fo- you know, convivial dance, the whole bit. Get dressed up. I was like, sold. I said, that was the plan. And I, you know, delivered, dressed, we arrived, whatever. The music was house, EDM, whatever, okay? At midnight, there was a Frank Sinatra like impersonator or player and he 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 did a few songs you know a few little songs maybe a set of four and then jumped off the stage and then it was back to edm and reggaeton this is not what i thought i was buying and then the feast was passed hors d'oeuvres okay let's be clear maybe at the soho house right maybe at the bougie soho house a feast to these people are past hors d'oeuvres. But to me, tuna tartare on a tortilla chip is not a feast. That That's all I'm going to say. So anyway, the dra- the drinks also, wait, wait, you'll say the drinks also weren't included for this price. You know, for $400, I could go somewhere. I could have went to the Russian tea room and had a 10-course meal and a lot of eye candy of fabulous women in their outfits to look at. You know what I'm saying? Drinks weren't included. So we wound up getting a table you know, and because there was no other option. It was like either stand around the bar, get drinks, and, uh, you know, talk to people, and then also look at all the single people trying to pick each other up, or get a table, be civilized, near the, a table near the kitchen, I should say. 
and then keep flagging the waiter over. So that's what we did. <clears throat> and it was fun, but I didn't do the Italian tradition of eating lentils right after midnight. Did you do that? That's actually my fact of the day. Ooh, I dropped a paper. The fact is, uh, uh, hold, fact of the day is, well, one, the first New Year celebration dates back 4,000 years ago. They probably weren't banging pots and pans then. They were like banging on the, the cave walls. But no, but but in it but in Italian culture, they say a lot of the Italians, you know, they eat lentils. That's the tradition. Eat lentils after the clock strikes twelve. It brings you good luck in the new year. And uh it's a tradition that dates back to ancient Rome. I didn't do it. It's also supposed to not only bring you luck in the new year, prosperity, uh, and and Italians, hardcore Italians, will gift each other a little pouch of dried lentils. I actually think that's really cute. Like if I have a party, I'm going to do that. that that's going to be my thing. I'm, I'm probably never going to have a party because my, my apartment doesn't fit party people. That's not true. That's not true. I, I could put out a table. I could hold about 20 tightly. Ugh. I actually love lentils. You know what I've been getting into these days? Red lentils. Have Do you eat red lentils? So, you know, there's obviously all these different... The, the green lentils, like, they, they come in the bag. Goya, that's the one that we all use for lentil soup, right? And then there's the black lentils that you'll find sometimes out in salads. Sometimes they refer to those as, like, the caviar of beans because once they're cooked, they're very shiny, you know? But then there's, you know, red lentils and yellow lentils. Red and yellow are uh, more used in Middle Eastern cultures to make dolls, which is like sort of like a thick, almost like a lentil porridge for lack. That's the wrong word. It's just the porridge is not the right word. But but I, because, you know, I, I, I'm trying not to eat carbs, okay? I made something delicious with red lentils the other day. You know, so they come split. And the thing about red lentils is once they are cooked, they kind of mush up. You know, it's not like you get, the, it's not like the black ones or the green ones where it stays an actual bean. So what I did was I uh, I had sauteed just some onions and uh, I think some, some uh, garlic, ginger. I had lemongrass, lemongrass. I shaved some fresh lemongrass in that, sauteed that in olive oil. I might have even had like a carrot and a celery in there, like I'm thinking I was making a soup. I don't know. Anyway... After that, I put the lentils in, mixed it all around, put some water, a little salt, little pepper, covered the pot, let it boil. Once it came to a rolling boil, I took it off the heat, kept it covered, and let the lentils just, you know, soak uh, and um, absorb all the water. And and it wound up becoming this, like a porridge-like texture, but it was good. It was very good. It, you know, it, it was like eating... Pastina-ish, which, by the by, Ronzoni, as you if you haven't heard, is discontinuing their pastina. What, what? Why? Is that not a popular shape, Ronzoni? Like, that surprises me. This surprises me. There are so many fugazi shapes of macaroni out there. I mean, I, I have you ever walked down the aisle at Italy? My head explodes. I mean, because what would we know? We know spaghetti and farfalle and fusilli and rigatoni and mezze rigatoni and elbows and and uh, I'm, I'm forgetting a pappardelle and and lasagna and pastina and didalini and and the and the bow ties and and then there's like a whole nother oh fusilli 
Jamelli, I love Jamelli. I like all the pastas that are like really hearty. Like like I like all like the fat bastard like like shapes and macaroni. I like I like the Jamelli. I like the Meze rigatoni. I like lasagna. There's a, actually a shape of macaroni that I saw at Italy. It's a coin. It's a flat disc-like coin, and it had, like, a stamping of something on it. It was very pretty, but, you know, it didn't look like it was going to fill me up. But, but, but you're stopping Pastina? Like, you know what you should stop? Why don't you stop the alphabets? Who's buying the alphabets? Like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe people with, with small kids. I never, my, my kids didn't have that. We weren't doing A, B, C, E, F, G in the macaroni bowl. We were doing Pastina. And, you know, the thing is about Ronzoni is that it's slightly cheaper than Barilla, so ugh, not not happy about that, okay? Not happy about that. Uh, and, and obviously, if when, you know, there's that other brand I told you about that I'm loving that I bought at Costco, um, Garofalo. Costco sells a pack of six of this pasta from Naples, uh, the town Gragnano, which is actually uh, where my family's from. And it did macaroni... It's so good. It's cheap. It's um. It's not cheap like Ronzoni. It's not uh priced like Barilla. I think for maybe six bags at Costco. I don't know. Maybe it's like sixteen dollars or something. Not not a bargain, but it really has a different taste. It's really scrumptious. You have to try it. But I'm disappointed in you, Ronzoni. I I I'm surprised that you're not selling. The, the pastina. It's the Italian penicillin. Everybody knows that, you know. <sighs> there's so many other there's so many other shapes you could cut. I I mean like, you know, I actually I said fusilli. I'm not a big fan of fusilli. I don't know I don't I don't get any gratification from a fusilli. The only the only time I use fusilli is in cold pasta salads. And even if I'm doing cold pasta salad, I rather do an elbow. Uh, sorry, a bow tie. You know? Yeah? All the Italians, we should all get together and just buy up all the Ronzoni pastina, get the sales up so they keep it on the shelf. Because, by the by, in the city, pastina is not the easiest shape to find. And uh, sometimes Barilla, for, sometimes, you know, in the, in the macaroni, they don't have Barilla. So Ronzoni is the only other option. Anyway. A lot of people have their own secret sauce to making pastina, you know? Like, when I was growing up, my mother just made it, boiled it with butter, maybe a little salt, maybe a little cheese. Now, when I make it, for my kids when they're sick, I put a little, I boil it actually in chicken broth, you know, and then I do the little butter, and not usually the cheese, because if they're sick or whatever, you know, I don't want, like, the dairy clogged the throat. I have that problem, so, I, you know, maybe they would have it, I don't know. I'm curious to know how you make yours. Everybody does it different. So I did I did have a lot of fun that this past uh, little break between Christmas and New Year's. I Oh, my God. You have to go to this thing. If you're in the city, we're planning to visit. At the Standard Hotel downtown on, like, Little West 12th Street, they had, they've had this for, like, the last 10 years. They have a little small skate ice skating rink. It's, like, about, like, I don't know, 40, 50-foot round ice rink. And I went with my friend Janine years ago, you know, like midnight ice skating. They don't even have, they didn't even have skate rentals. Like we went like with our sneakers on and um, we were pushing around the little plastic penguins. It, you know, it was fun. We were young, it was fun, whatever. 
So I wanted to do something different with the girls. So I said, you know what? Let's go down to the standard. It was a special treat. Like after dinner. And, you know, it was like 6.30, so it was dark. You know, we'll go ice skating at night, I told them. You know? And uh, we get there, and it wasn't the ice skating rink. It was still the rink, but it was something else, and it was called Bump. And basically what it was was big rolling tubes. Like, it was like uh, bumper cars to, or bumper bumper tubes on ice. And it was so fun. It was, like, ridiculously fun. It was $20 for eight minutes basically $2 a minute. I didn't care. It was great. We had a great time. And you know, if you're in the area and you're with your family and you want places to go, you know, not spend a fortune because you're in the meatpacking district, like there's uh, the bus stop cafe is a diner, like a few blocks and maybe an avenue over. I think it's on 8th or maybe it's on Hudson. That's always reliable. Also, there's artichoke pizza on 10th Avenue and uh, maybe like, I don't know, 20th or 18th street or something but you know you you could find the little things if you're with friends and you want to do the ice bumper fig and olive is always always reliable and chic it's on like one of the side streets like west 13th i always forget about that place you know why because the portions are small Hmm. you know how i feel about that i went to woman rink in central park with my friend Lindsay. My friend Lindsay, she's a former news anchor in Florida. She has two young girls also, the the cutest little things. And we all went, the six of us went, we went ice skating. We did a Serafina pizza after. If you're ever going to go ice skating in New York, like meaning at Central Park, Woman Rink, if you're going to go to Rockefeller Center, even Bryant Park, if they have an option to buy a priority pass, I, I just think you should take it. <laughs> like, because we were cheapskates. We were like, we're going to just rent, do the skate rental. And then we're going to buy the tickets for the thing. We did it all in advance. It gave us an option to do priority. And it was like $35. And we were like, nah. You know, we were like being like, don't think we're the shit. And we'll get there early. Yeah, no. We show up at 1 o'clock. Lines wrapped around the friggin' park. We waited online for like an hour and a half. Thank God it was a mild day. It wasn't rainy. It wasn't snowing. Although I do like ice skating in the snow in New York City. It's very romantic. But it was great. We had such a fun time. And and again, I I get I do get questions in my DMs. You know, oh, I'm coming to the city, whatever. Where should I eat? You know, oh, I have the kids. Serafina Pizza on East 61st Street was where we went. It's between... Fit the Madison, right near the rink, Woolman Rink, and the best is they put all. They if you have kids, they give you a table upstairs. They have paper tablecloths. They give crayons, and you'll die. They let the kids draw on the walls. It's still a beautiful restaurant. Like they have one section of like old like wine wooden boxes or something, and they let the kids draw. It was perfect, honestly. Perfect. I have no resolutions. That's the other thing. It's just to like, I told you, be more, last time, be more present. Stop, shut my mouth, stop eating so much. I like, I, I had my first show of the year at Gotham. Uh, That was good. It went well. It was just a quick little spot. This upcoming weekend, I'm actually going to be at Governor's in Levittown, out on Long Island, I'm headlining a show, which is nice. Um, 
It's called The Bad Moms of Comedy or something. It's honestly, it's it, it, the, the the girl who put it together. She's a new comic. She's sweet. New comic. Um, I, I, you know, I think like, you know, maybe a lot of new comics on the show. It'll be fun, though. It'll be fun. They're fun Long Island girls. I'm sure the crowd will be great. It's on. It's a great night for a show. It's Saturday night. So that's happening. Oh, my God. You will absolutely die with this customer service story. So a couple weeks ago, I told you about this brand of shoes that I like, Arch. Right? Did I tell you that? Or was I telling my mother that? I don't know. Arch is completely the most comfortable shoes like you'll ever wear in your life. And I love to live my life in fashion and, and, and fabulousness. And I love sumptuous fabrics and I love a thin heel and I love to look good. But you know what? Like I also run around the city doing spots, taking kids to school, going, he go. I don't, I, what, what am I, Carrie Bradshaw? And I'm sorry, in 20 years, I don't want feet full of bunions. Okay, people? So I will spend the money and buy beautiful, comfortable shoes. Arch is the brand. To be honest, I wore them on Christmas uh, on Christmas Day. My mother even loved them. She's like, where'd you get those shoes? And I told her, they're, they're not cheap. You'll go, you go on the website. It's like, I don't know, Arch, type Arch in Paris or something, France to come up. Anyway. French brand, everything's uh, made uh, by hand. So I'm a size 9, I buy a 40 in Arch, but that doesn't mean that all 40s fit me because, you know, because they're, they're, they're made by hand, they're all different. Fine. Okay, let's speed up the story. I bought, I, this is when you know you haven't had enough coffee. I bought, I bought, I bought a bunch of shoes before Christmas. Like, I don't know, maybe four or five pairs of shoes for myself in hopes that one will fit, you know, from the website, in hopes that one will fit <clears throat> and be comfortable and I'll ship all the rest back. That's what I did. So the bill comes, you know, and it's like $2,000, but it's fine because I'm returning four of them, right? I'm only keeping one pair. This is how I like to shop. I try on the privacy of my own home these days. So... I, package comes, you know, beautiful, beautiful red box, beautiful presentation. You know, they put the red shoe box in there, and then they wrap it with the, with the, um, the bubble wrap, and then they have the nice receipt. It's just, just the type of presentation that I love when I order online. Love Shack Fancy, by the way, also does beautiful presentation. You know who doesn't? Bergdorf's. Thank you. They sent me like four leopard Christmas balls just rolling around in a box. No tissue, no bubble wrap, anything. And they're really Berg, really Bergdorf's? Really? Okay, back to Arch. So, shoes come. Try them on. So excited. The four four of them don't fit. Um, forget that. Whatever. I do. I, re, I am an immediate returner. Because if I don't do it right then and there, it will sit, collect us. I don't have time for that. Arch also used to do free returns. Now they have a 14-day, obviously unworn and in the box, return policy. Fine. So I go to do the return, and I see that the brand isn't giving me a shipping label. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not going to give me an effing shipping label. I'm supposed to pay to ship four pairs, four giant boxes of shoes back myself. Get the hell out of here, okay? So... I just wanted to get an idea of how much this cost. Took a picture of the boxes. 
walked over to UPS, which is kind of close to my house. They tell me it's going to be about $150 to $200 to ship the shoes back. Okay, okay, people. This is not happening. I am not paying $200 to take the shoes back. So what I do is I get in a cab with the shoes and I go to the store. And I say, I need to return these. I bought them online. Here's the receipts, the whole thing. You know what they say? We don't take online returns back in the store. Out fucking rage it. Okay, fine. So they tell me the woman who I need to deal with. Oh, well, can't wait to get on the phone with this broad. Her name is Gina. Sorry, Gina, for outing you, but it was the worst customer service I've ever had in my life. Okay, so, and you, 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 you just barely made it slightly better in the very end. So I email Gina. Gina's out of the office for two weeks because it's been over Christmas and New Year's. It gives me her two out-of-office people. Guess what? The out-of-office replacements for Gina, they told me they couldn't help me, and they directed me back to her. So I had to wait. So, of course, in my head, I'm like, this is all a scam so they can keep, you know, all the money for the shoes, like cock-blocking my return, you know, and then I'm stuck with five pairs of shoes that I can't even afford, you know, like the whole thing. Gina was returning on January 3rd, her out-of-office said. I sent this lady an email every two days because I wanted, not being annoying, just saying, hey, Gina, just wanting to know if you've checked your email while you're out of the office. Sorry to be a pain. I just really want to get these shoes back. Can you please have somebody or can you generate me a shipping label so I can just put box them and send them off to you those were the emails very nice very friendly but I needed a paper trail because when I go to Amex and say that these little assholes you know didn't let me return the merchandise even though I was in contact right or they wouldn't you know they have unfair business practices whatever I need the paper trail no response radio silence fine January 3rd comes around she calls me I was on another call. I hung up on the other call. And I, she tells me. She goes, great news. Great news. You don't have to bring the shoes to UPS. What you can do. Wait for this. You can bring them back to the store. And <laughs> you can bring them back to the store. And the store will only charge you 40 to $50 to send them back to the warehouse. I'm like, you want me to bring shoes that I bought at your store to your store, and then I have to pay so you can send the shoes back to your store's warehouse. I, that's coming out of my money. I said, that's absolutely wrong. I said, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about this on my podcast. Okay, that's the first thing I'm going to do. And I gave her some numbers so she understands that the, the, it's not like this is a podcast of three people listening. I said, the second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to call American Express Platinum and I'm going to attach the eight emails that I sent along with the receipts and the pictures of the perfectly pristine shoes and boxed and bubble wrap, okay? I said, and third, I'm going to call the the small the business bureau because this isn't right. This, is, this isn't right. She was so beyond with this whole response uh, for, after a little back and forth you know and I felt bad because I said you know what I was saying it's not your fault it's not your fault I know it's not your fault but there has to be something you could do I know there's something you could do and she said the company's based in France and the French headquarters said you know they're making the customers now moving forward pay for all the returns on themselves by themselves you know the shoes are expensive enough the customers probably could afford it could you imagine she wound up saying, you know what, Elise, 
you're right. I was out of the office. You weren't able to get in touch with me. Nobody else was able to help you. I was like, yeah, there was a loophole and you're out of office system. So can you do something? At least can you compensate me for my the poor experience that I had? So she said, bring them to the store. Just drop them off. We'll pick up the shipping course back to our warehouse. Thank you. And that's what I did. Can you even die? Now, the problem is, is that they're like the most comfortable shoes ever. The second problem is, is that now the next time I want to buy a pair of those shoes, I'm going to have to send Chris and like, and do the transaction for me or something. Because I've mortified myself. But what? You can't like, you know what's so shocking to me? It's so, it's the, like we talked about a few weeks ago. It's like the restaurant's not putting bread on the table or they're charging you $10, $15 for a bread basket. You, you, you don't appreciate you don't appreciate the business, of people's business. You, you're taking advantage. I went to a restaurant. I posted about it on uh, online uh, over the course of the break. Il Tonello, Midtown West, old school restaurant, been there, been, has been there for 100 years. I sat down. I had a meal. It was, they brought, you know, it didn't have to ask. They brought breadsticks and bread and butter and olive oil and they lemons and limes and, and you know, like all perched on the edge of the, 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 the glass, red little straws for dessert. They offered me limoncello, sambuca, a coffee. They brought out biscotti. This was, none of this was part of the paying transaction. They just appreciated the fact that we were there spending money. That's how businesses should operate. Just my opinion. Anyway, someone on TikTok wrote to me and they said, am I reading Stephanie Plum's books? Do you know these books? The Stephanie Plum book series? I, I don't. She said there's a character in there in the books, uh, Connie Rizzoli, she said, it reminds me of you. I think that was the name. She said, it reminds me of you, or I, you you are what I picture her to to be like. And I said, oh, you're so sweet. So anyway, I said, oh, I'll read the book. I'll read, I'll read one of the books, sure. Like as if I have time. But uh, so I said, which one should I get? She told me, um, there's 29. <laughs> she, she might not have kids, this lady. There's 29 books in the series. They're like big novels. The one that... To start with, she said to start with one for the money. She said it, 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 there was a movie that came out a few years ago. Katherine Heigl was in it. She said the book is way better. So if you're looking for a good novel to read, one for the money, Stephanie Plum. I ordered it, obviously, on Amazon. But uh, I don't know when I'm actually going to have a chance to read it because I'm in the the the, the very finishing last touches of my own book yay comes out at the end of march hopefully it might be early april i hope not that my book has been such a labor of love oh my god i have an editor you know i'm self-publishing i, ha I could have got went to a, i could have i i could have had a publishing house publish it but a lot of the big ones they wanted you to have like bazillion followers which sorry and I don't know if I told you, like Fifty Shades of Grey was also self-published, also Harry Potter. So take that, you publishing your house assholes. Thank you. Okay, so I I I have an editor, but you know the editor. That's I wrote the book. The editor read it. He started making you know notes, edits, and the blah blah. But if I wanted to be making things my life easy, I could have been like, all right, let him edit it, and then it's done. But I want when people read the book, I want them to feel like it's. 
I'm I'm talk I'm I'm almost reading it to them. I want them to be able to hear my voice. That's a good book is when you hear somebody's voice, you know, in the writing. You know what I'm saying? Like when you pick up any Jerry Seinfeld book, you know it's it, you you just hear him reading it. You hear him saying these words. So I'm like literally on like my seventh edit, and and people say, "How do you have the time? How do I have the time?" I at night, late at night, after the kids go to sleep, I devote a couple hours late. You know, and I sit on the couch with my tea in my robe with the laptop, and that's it. I'm laser focused. Like, you can get a lot done if you have a schedule. You know, if you if you're scheduled. You know, that's that. Read an article on CNBC popped up on my iPhone. How much money is it considered to be middle class in America? I, I didn't even want to click on it, to be honest. I was going to be depressed because, I mean, like, if you bought a gallon of milk last year, the same price for that gallon of milk last year, this year you're getting half a gallon because, you know, inflation's outrageous. I was looking at houses just for fun. It was like mortgage rates. It was like six and a half, seven percent. Like, I can't even. Anyway, in New York, in the, in the New York area, New York City uh, also considered... Um, Philly, uh, New Jersey, like try the tri-state, Newark. On the low end of middle class, you have to be making $56,000 a year. On the high end, to be a high-end middle class income, you have to be making 169000 I think those numbers seem about right. You know what was shocking? D.C., in, in Washington, D.C., the low end of middle class was 74000 The high end was 221000 And... I um I have I have the chart printed out right here. They all kind you know it was L A fifty five thousand low end high end one sixty five. It they they all kind of had the same ish numbers. D C was really stuck. Boston also was pretty high. Boston fifty seven thousand low end middle income high end two hundred and two thousand. It's it's. These, I think this was, I don't know who, what, uh, was it Pew Research? I don't know who did this, but the research. But the numbers are always skewed because everyone knows that real estate, like if you think, look at just Manhattan proper, everyone knows that the real estate of Manhattan is outrageous. You know, but you're factoring in some of the other areas that are in New York that are such, that are so much less expensive to live in. So it brings the average, you know, salaries down. Um, because I'm sorry. Boston, like $202,000 in Boston is, is considered upper middle class. In Manhattan, I I feel like that number would be like doubled. Like, I'm a pauper. Like, what do I care? I mean, yeah. I'm just sharing. Just sharing. But I will, they, you know what? But they did say that 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 uh, half of the adult U.S. population uh, considers themselves or, or fits into the upper middle class. And, uh, don't feel bad if you don't have those numbers because they also said anybody, numbers aside, anybody that's not living paycheck to paycheck is also considered um, middle class. Let me tell you something. I have investments. You know, we talked about money and stuff on the phone, but pfft, I, I'm not making so much money where I have... I, I can't live check to check. I need my checks, okay? When my check comes in, like, I'm sorry. Like, 
I'm not like, okay, yay, now I could buy food. It's not, it's not that bad, but it's like, okay, my check is here. Great. Thank God. Like, because what would I do without that? Like, I rely on it, you know? Anyway, product of the week. I talked about the bed of nails, right, that I got my sister and that I bought one for myself. Well, they have a pillow. It's a roller pillow for your neck. Bed of nails on Amazon. I just ordered it like butter. I sit down. After I do my book editing, after that's done, I literally I get my bed of nails pillow, this little round roll, rolly round pillow that, you know, is in the shape of like a, cylinder and I just put it I sit upright on the couch I just put it behind my neck I roll my neck back on it you know and all these little plastic pricklies they just give me like this weird acupuncture like faux acupuncture fix it's good it's very good anywho okay I hope I see you soon by the way if you've been dming me on instagram if you do I this is like new ish if you do instagram stories which I'm try to do it pushes all of your DMs way, way down. So I don't always see them. So you might have to re-message me or message me on Facebook Messenger. Just an FYI. I, I, I don't want anybody to ever think I'm like not answering. Not my soil. Okay. Quote of the day by Emily Dickinson. We turn not older with years, but newer every day. And that's it, people. First podcast of 2023. This is Crazy Effing Mommy. I'm Elise DeLucci. We're here in the greatest city of the world, Manhattan. I love to love you, baby. And I hope I talk to you and see you very soon.